Welcome to Grace Point Direct, where just a few minutes will help you connect deeper into our church. The goal of each podcast is not only to inform about different things that we have happening in the church body, but also to dig just a little bit deeper on some topics that we should find interesting. Uh, We'll be dropping a new episode each week, uh, so make sure to subscribe wherever it is that you consume podcasts. Today, we've got episode number four, which is crazy, in our More Than a Minister series, uh, where we get to know our staff in a way that maybe you haven't gotten to yet. Uh, This week's guest is the captain of our student ministry team and by far the swaggiest staff member at Grace Point, Mr. Devin Arredondo. Welcome, my friend. Wow, what what an intro. It is. I worked on that one specifically for you. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. And I feel like I have to live up to the hype, but at least I've got on my, you know, my stellar kicks. That's so. true. Yeah, I can tell you the bar is low, my friend. <laughs> like, you, can, yeah, the uh, w- I would not describe our staff as swaggy, but you have definitely helped us uh, swing the pendulum just a little <laughs> bit. Um, yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, I'm so looking forward to everyone that's listening to this podcast, getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's dive into um, let's talk about family. Uh, okay. You are married to Elizabeth and um, you guys have had a very fun last couple of months. So go ahead and tell us about family life. Yeah. So as you already said, um, I'm married to Elizabeth. That's a kind of a funny story in and of itself, not because that is funny, but right. for the church people, it's kind of funny because no one's really met her yet <laughs> because we got here in January of 2020, Oh yeah, a couple months in, then the pandemic right. hit, and so right. she's been invisible. That is crazy. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So and, I mean, as, much, as many of us have been. As right? many of yeah. us have been. Yeah. So that's kind of funny because people talk to me all the time, jokingly, like, mm-hmm. Is Elizabeth still real? <laughs> yeah, it's like the the imaginary girlfriend right, that you have exactly. in high school where yes. it's like, no, I'll date this girl from the other town. And all your friends are like, yeah, sure. Yeah, but know. she's still tuning in online yeah. <laughs> consistently every week. And so right. shout out to her. Uh, but yeah, as you already mentioned as well, we did have a super special Thanksgiving. We had our first child, a daughter named Eleanor. Yes. Yes. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Boom. We did it. Um, We've been consuming all the pictures on the staff tech, uh, text thread. That's yeah, there are lots and lots of pictures. Pretty much uh, I've become the dad that I swore I would never become, <laughs> where my Instagram story is now just pictures of right. my little girl. But you know what? You know what? It's, it's, it, there's a shift in dadhood where swaggy and dad's coming into play. So you're going to be good. You're going to be it's good. It's true. I'm, I'm fortunate in that now this, especially this girl dad thing, oh, it's yeah. like a trend. Oh, yeah. And so I'm right. okay with it. And I think like as we're a year year past the Kobe, uh, um, you yep. know, us losing Kobe Bryant last year, which I think is culturally a big deal, right? I it mean, is. like he definitely influenced our generation a lot in, in the sports arena, but that's where you kind of see, I think, a little bit For of birth sure. of that, right? That girl dad movement, which I think is awesome having a young girl, uh, a young daughter myself. So it is um, awesome. I'm super, super excited to watch her, her grow up. So yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth and I, we've been married for Nine years now. Awesome. Um, so that's crazy to think about. Of course. It's gone by so fast. Because it's been so good. So, right? so, so good. Good times fly. Yeah. I mean, really, there it has been so good. I mean, <laughs> you know, your normal marriage stuff. But marriage right. is a challenge. But, right. man, I'm so blessed by that woman and what she's done for, for our family and for right. me and how she supports us. Right. And, 
And I wish that she was sitting here with us because she has such an interesting career. Uh, I think like what she does for our community is, is under highlighted, right? It's not really like, um, on the front pages, but I think it's really cool. We won't, that's a whole rabbit trail, but, <laughs> but, uh, get to know yeah. when you see Elizabeth or get her phone number or something like that and, and text her. She's very interesting, um, as well. So you guys have been in the area for quite a while. Um, yeah. and, and we'll get into in just a minute, like kind of how you got to the area. Um, but what do you do? What's the weekend look like for y'all? What's after work look like for y'all? Oh man, this is a really tough question because for the last, you know, eight months Mm -hmm. or longer, the weekends for us look real, real strange. It's just kind of sit inside on the couch and maybe find a movie or a a show to binge watch. We're huge Friends fans. Speaking of movies, quick shout out to the Instagram, uh, Let's Talk About Movies. Oh, yes. Let's Talk About Movies, where Devin um, reviews different films. Yes. Very handy in a COVID time. It it has been, except for when I launched the Instagram account, my intention was I'm only reviewing movies that I see in theaters. Oh, yeah. And then theaters shut down. So, um, but yeah, so typically in a non-COVID pandemic world, uh, we love to check out a good brunch spot. We, yeah. we love food. We love coffee. Mm-hmm. Getting out and just exploring a city um, right. is a huge thing for us. We love to travel. And so hop in the right. car and find a good spot to go. Yeah. Walk around and explore, essentially. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is a good area to at least be able to get out and, and stretch oh. the legs a little bit and, and, and see some new things as, as they're literally being built around us. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah. For sure. It's super crazy. So we wa- launched into a student minister, uh, a student ministry uh, lead search probably maybe two years ago as a church. I, I, I can't remember exactly when it started, but maybe two years ago. And uh, we went a long time looking for that, that lead team position. And it turns out the guy that we end up hiring for it is uh, 20 minutes down the road in yeah. Fayetteville. So um, you were at a church there in Fayetteville um, and we're going to kind of get to that. But um, where are you from? Yeah, so that's a great You were question. in Fayetteville, but where are you from? I am originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Born. We have so many Okies on this I know, staff. it's crazy. It's we're, yeah. we're slowly but surely taking over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okies and huge Kansas City Chiefs fans. There you go. So we're yeah. slowly just going to collect them all. You got to ride that wave though right now. I know I know you've been a ride or die anyways, but I'm just saying it's a good time to be a Chiefs It's fan. a great time. And I'm not like one of the diehard people that's like, don't join the bandwagon. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like Jesus, like come right. one, come all, like oh, come yeah. hop on the train. Yeah, like, I'm going to scoot away just a little <laughs> bit in case the wrath of God comes down. Like, gee, I don't know. It's kind of, but yeah, but I see, I see what you're saying. Open arm theory, open yeah, arm theory. Open yeah. arm, maybe yeah. that came out wrong. I'm not like Jesus in the sense that the only way I'm like Jesus is because Jesus lives inside of me Amen. and makes me more like There's him. that theology. Yeah, we like it. Yes, we like it. But yeah, so I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma, born and raised my whole life. Um, I never moved, actually, when I was a kid. Really? From birth to high school, I lived in the same house in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We remodeled it at some point. Wow. But uh, yeah. So um, any family still in Tulsa area? Yeah, my mom and uh, my little brother and my sister are all still in Tulsa. Awesome. So my brother's awesome. now technically in Oklahoma City in college. Right. Um, but yeah. It's all Oklahoma though, right? It's all Oklahoma. <laughs> so the, Tulsa the, and Oklahoma City are about the only places you want to be in <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah, no doubt. So, so the, the interesting question uh, for our Oklahoma staff members has been, um, Garth Brooks is such a big deal in Oklahoma, and Blake Shelton's a big Okie as well. So country music, yes or no? Um. 
So no, but this is a really funny story. It's crazy that you brought this up. Uh-huh. I was just talking to my friend the other day because Garth Brooks sang at the inauguration. Right. Oh, that's right. That's right. My mom went to high school with Garth Brooks mm. and was adamant that he was not good. Oh, and no. so told him multiple like they were apparently they were good friends. <laughs> he like had her come over. My mom and my aunt, their sisters, oh, no. and they both grew up. They're real close in age. Yeah, and so. She has a vivid story where she says, me and uh, Aunt Tana's my my aunt, uh, we got invited to come over to his house for a really small, intimate concert. And yeah. We were pretty close, and he asked us both kind of how what we thought at the end, and we were like, mm, that wasn't very good, <laughs> oh. man. And now here we are. Garth Brooks is one of the most famous country yeah. singers but, uh, of all time. But in their defense... Garth Brooks is one of the most entertaining country singer, singers of all time. He does do great music. I mean, like, uh, I'm in a country cover band, as you know. Yeah. No, shameless plug. We'll plug that later some other time. But, um, I mean, the music's great, but he's an entertainer, and that's a big deal. And I doubt in an intimate concert like that, he really got to thrust his entertainment upon that's, folks. Right? That's very true. <laughs> but for me personally, uh, I'm not a huge country fan. Right. Um, I do like old, older country, um, maybe mm-hmm. more folk. Like yeah. John Prine kind sure. of stuff. Oh, I don't know if that's technically nice country. Story. Yeah, yeah. I see so. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. Um, but I'm sure that's like a vibey thing. Like when in, when you're in the mood for it. That's true. Elizabeth loves country. So oh. if we're in the car together, I don't mind throwing it on and you know, right. windows down. Oh yeah. Summer day. You're painting a good picture yeah, right now. You know, I'm liking it. Uh, especially on like it's kind of a cloudy day today and still kind of winter. Yep. That's a good picture to dream about for a minute. One day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's go back even further. Um, yeah. Some uh, some kid comes up on the playground and they meet Kid Devin Arredondo on the playground. Who are they talking to? Yeah, so Kid Devin Arredondo, man, I was really small, which is not yeah. too surprising because <laughs> I'm still pretty small. Really small, uh, quick, athletic, shy kid. That's probably the best way to describe me. Um, yeah. I was always playing on the playground, you know, whatever mm-hmm. sport was being played, I wanted to play, even if it was right. just tag. right. Um, but then at a deeper level, I was definitely more of the, the shy guy. I, I'm an extrovert, but it, it takes me a little bit of time to kind of warm up to people and, you know, right. Right. Do I you, just want people to like me. Right. So that's kind of, do you Enneagram? I do Enneagram. What, what's your number? I'm a nine. Nine on so, the Enneagram. I the think peacemaker. the peacemaker, right. Is that accurate? It is accurate. Yeah. And I think. And I know we're going to get a little bit more into the family side of things. Right. I think a huge part of that is my upbringing. Mm. And my, my dad and my mom, they were divorced when I was, before I can ever remember. Right. And so they were two very different people. Most of it was centered around politics. My mom, wow. very conservative. Yeah. My dad, str- extremely liberal. Mm. And so it's crazy how that's prepared me for this oh, moment wow. yeah. today. Uh, that we find ourselves in. But yeah, so that's kind of where that peacemaker comes from, being uh, able to see, you know, the good in both, not just right. focusing on that person's the worst person right. in the world. <laughs> what else are you gleaning from your childhood? Like, how has God shaped you? Because um, I think as you get older, you get a little bit of perspective, right? And you look yeah. back at, at these things and, and you say, I can see the peacemaker in me because mm-hmm. of this. Um, what, what other things do you think that God prepared you for coming through being a kid and a teenager into adulthood? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it sounds crazy, but the, the longer I'm in ministry, the more I can see ways that the Lord has kind of 
woven stories into my life yeah. that help me relate to students in a way that maybe some other people can't. Sure. Because um, for whatever different reasons, you know, it's just I, I had such a wide variety. Part of this is the peacemaker, the nine, another thing about the nine and not to just typecast myself, <laughs> but uh, it's kind of like you, you can't really find who you are. It's kind of this merging with other people like, right. And that's, it's so true, but I've learned how to use that for like, not for good as in like, I'm this weird superhero, but like for good in the sense of like for God's glory, essentially. Right. Of course. Because what, what I can find is that I will, I will be able to relate to someone in an emotional level that maybe some people can't because right. I've been through some similar experiences because of the wide variety of my life. You know, I was an athlete, but I also loved music and right. the arts and my parents were divorced. And, and so a lot of brokenness that I can sure. kind of help other people understand Absolutely. God's redemption through those things. And, and, and like we said earlier, man, that is that is so many people. Um, I can connect with multiple uh, pieces of, of that too, just um, that type of upbringing, that type of childhood. And, um, and so I think that's, that's very important and, and crucial, really. It's, it's a really good practice to say, as a believer, I'm looking at how God's preparing me for what's next. And I'm, I'm anticipating, um, I know it's hard and I know that this is happening, but how's God shaping me for the future and, and how is he going to use me? Um, yeah. I think um, as we, as we look at, um, moving forward here in our conversation, uh, t- tell me about your relationship with the church, um, where you invested at a young age. Um, at some point in your life, whether it be post high school or during high school or something, at some point in your life, God starts shaping in your your heart a desire for vocational ministry. It's like different than just like church, like being happy and excited about churches is, is great and where we should all be. And then there's this extra, this different call to vocationally pursuing ministry. So walk me through uh, maybe when when you could feel that starting or did you connect with church at a young age and then kind of what life looked like for you past high school? Yeah, so for me, church was always present in my life from a very young age, but it was super confusing at first because I touched, I touched a little bit about my parents' differences. My mom was raised kind of in a very conservative Pentecostal faith background Mm -hmm. and my dad was raised in a very conservative catholic background wow and so the way they both kind of dealt with that was completely different whereas my mom it was i'm gonna really lean into this and raise my children in that my dad it was the opposite like i'm really gonna rebel against this i've did Mm -hmm. my time i'm done with that whole religion thing right and so as a kid my mom i'd spent most of my time with my mom was super adamant that we were in church every Sunday, you know, in kids ministry as well. Um, and so that was awesome on a weekly basis. You know, I'm in church regularly. But then when I would go spend time with my dad every other weekend, church wasn't even a thing. There was no mention of it. And so it's kind of like this weird, like, okay, church is just something that I do with my mom. And then with my dad on maybe special occasions like Easter, you know, things right. like that, we would... uh maybe visit the mass, the Catholic mass and stylistically, obviously way different. And so I couldn't (laughs) figure out what the heck church was. Um, but it wasn't, I'd say it wasn't until my middle school years that I really began to 
come into my own in my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so I was saved, you know, as a, as a kid, it, pray the prayer, you know. But then at right. some point there's that, like you were talking about, man, man I'm going to own this myself. Sure. And it wasn't until middle school where I actually met my former youth pastor. His name was Mike. And he invested in my life, poured into my life, and yeah. showed me what it looked like to follow after Jesus. And in some wow. ways became a like second father figure for, for my life. Right. And so it's, and so looking at that story and then kind of thinking about vocational ministry, it's all attached to that experience that, man, someone invested in me. They showed me how much they cared for me. They right. showed me a better way to live that Jesus's version of humanity right. was, was a more fulfilling way to live. Um, and for me at that time, I was a baseball player, loved, lived, and breathe whatever you want to say about baseball. I was in it. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to go play college baseball and be a professional baseball player. And um, and so church was just kind of this dual thing that I did. So it was baseball, and then when I was free, I'd go to church. Right. And slowly but surely, um, that passion began to shift a little bit. Hmm. I got super passionate about um my youth pastor gave me the opportunity to lead when I was a junior in high school, gave me the opportunity to lead a, a younger age group uh, and a small group. Right. And that kind of opened up some doors. Hmm. Yeah. But then it was still like, I'm going to go to college, play baseball. Right. Um, and then my senior year of high school, I'd already committed to a college to play baseball. Uh, my youth pastor invited me to go to a leadership camp and the Lord just kind of completely changed my idea of what my vocation might be. Wow. Um, yeah. I remember I couldn't tell you what the speaker spoke on. I couldn't tell you anything. The only thing <laughs> I can tell you actually, which is, this is really funny and maybe a testimony, testimony to us and how God works in really mysterious ways. Right. The only thing I can remember about that leadership camp is that before worship gatherings, we would watch like 10 minutes of Brian Regan. <laughs> a stand-up comedian, if you don't know who that right. is. He's hilarious. And I remember it, and I still remember many of the one-liners from right. that stand-up. Right. But then the, the pa youth pastor got up there, and you know we would he would speak, and there was just one service where it was like this gut-level feeling, this not an audible voice, but a feeling of, Devin, this is what I've called you to do. And then more, right. uh, from that, this idea of, Man, I could do that. Like, I think I'd be really good at that. And now, wow. yeah. later that turned into, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to run away from that. <laughs> right, right. But that was in college. And yeah, uh, yeah. but so that's kind yeah. of the real, uh, that wasn't a super quick story, but no, the, no, it's great, the smaller version. It, it does show that, first of all, there's, even though you have a story, there's not this switch, right? There's not right. this like, uh, you hit a point in time and God hits the switch in your heart and all of a sudden you, you're super confident and know exactly what you want to do. Yep. It's a, it's a process of discipleship it's Absolutely. a process of growing and understanding that or like actually maybe figuring out how to read those gut feelings and how to yeah. read the holy spirit and what we find out is the holy spirit speaking to our heart and our life and even something as big as like hey Devin, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life you know that's a big story that's a big decision um but still it it happens in small doses and, and God moves us incrementally along the way toward those things for most people. Absolutely. And I'm super glad actually that you mentioned that because there was a, a little point of time in my life or maybe a long period of time in my life where I actually felt guilty that I didn't have that switch moment. 
Like I oh, had yeah. friends in this I feel that, yeah. real, and I don't know, I, I, I don't mean to use a con- conservative because that's a really bad word, language right now. Conservative and liberal, we're all so divided right, right now. Right. But the style of church that I was in and the the culture that I was in, it's like everybody had this date, like June 7th, right. 19... 19- sure. 95, the Lord completely transformed my life. Hmm. And I didn't have that, like, date or experience, even, like, with salvation. It was kind of like, yeah, I remember praying with my mom and accepting Christ, and I know He's my Savior, but it's exactly what you're saying. It was this lifelong progression, and it's still a lifelong progression. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that more people sit in that in that place than what we realize. Um, because I, I can, I can absolutely empathize and attest to like understanding exactly what you're talking about. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we want to grab, most people probably want to grab onto a day and be able to at least talk about something specific when they're talking about salvation yeah. and like being able to pull that date out is important, but you know what? I mean, for everyone, even if it's that kind of testimony for everyone, there's a pro there's a, a, a story of progress. Yeah. There's a story of discipleship of where, yes, at this point I became very interested in pursuing Jesus and here's yep. how I've changed since. Absolutely. You know, here's where I am now. So let's talk about um, student ministry specifically. Um, obviously, student ministry played a big role in your personal life. I'm sure that bleeds into your interest vocationally right now and, and where you got into. So you, um, I know you spent, uh, just from our conversations, I know you spent some time in some different areas around the country, um, brief through a little bit of like just history of where you've been and what you've been doing. And then let's talk about you landing, uh, in Fayetteville and then transitioning to Grace Point. So where have you been, uh, ministerly? Yeah. So I went to college in, uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan university in, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So that was kind of the first launching out of Tulsa. Went to Bartlesville for four years, uh, played baseball for a year, and uh, did then quit to really pursue ministry full full time. Opened up some doors, and then straight out of college, so I got a degree in pastoral ministry with an emphasis in worship arts. Okay, so I went to a Christian university there. Right, and uh, straight out of college, um, I went to a church in Wyoming. Uh, called Element Church. So okay. that was in 2011. Uh, so it was actually kind of a crazy year, 2011. Uh, Elizabeth and I got engaged. Um, we, well, I proposed. We moved halfway across the country, <laughs> and then we came back here because Elizabeth's from Fayetteville originally. Okay. Uh, we came back here to get married and then back to Wyoming. Oh, my. For my first full-time gig as a student pastor. Nice. Uh, and so great church, man, I can't speak highly enough about that church. I learned, and and part of it is, you know, you learn so much in your first few years of Absolutely. ministry, but yeah. I'm so thankful I got the opportunity to start at a healthy growing church Right. because I think so often, you know, we throw, uh, you just graduated with a Bible degree, well, here, we'll <laughs> throw you a bone and you get to work at this, right. uh, you know, not that little country churches are bad at all, but like, you know, it's definitely a different place. Different yeah, place. It's definitely yeah. different. Yeah, absolutely. Different place. And so, yeah, man, the leader, his name was Jeff Manis, lead pastor there, and just an incredible leader and man of God, and taught me so much about ministry. And so there, I had the opportunity to lead students for a while. Had the opportunity to jump into full time worship pastor for the first time. That oh, was yeah. crazy. That's a little tidbit. I, I knew that ahead of time, but just for the listeners, a little tidbit. Worship ministry is a part of uh, Devin's uh, repertoire, if you will. Yes. 
Is that a little French that Rep- you use? Repertoire. Repertoire. <laughs> it's French with a country accent. There you go. It's like sounds... South Arkansas French. <laughs> South Arkansas French. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so then it was kind of a crazy God story. Um, you know, we'd been married for three years, Elizabeth and I, and her whole family's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I mean, aunts, uncles, siblings, everyone. And my family's in Tulsa and Kansas City. And so we just kind of started to think through, man, one day, you know, we'd like to be back in northwest Arkansas at some point. Now, we didn't know when. We had no ideas as to how long it would be. Like, actually, our plan was we'd probably be at Element Church for the next 10 years. That was kind of the our dream. Right. And then I, I got an email from a friend of a friend one afternoon said, hey, this is crazy, Devin, but um, I I woke up in the middle of the night with your name on my in my mm. mind, and I know you don't know me very well. It was actually Elizabeth's uh, former youth pastor, oh, so wow. kind of a crazy story there. Yeah. But he's like, hey, I know we don't know each other very well, but I know you studied ministry. We're looking for a student pastor who can also lead worship. Wow. Would you be interested? And I told him no. <laughs> I was like, no, we're really happy here. We love the church that we're at. Um, right. But here was my mistake. Uh-oh. I said no, but I'll pray about it. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so normally, you know, sometimes in the Christian right. world, I'll pray about it. That's like, you're, I'm not going to do anything <laughs> I'm about that. I'm not actually going to pray about but it. But I was yeah. serious. I'm, I'm really going to pray about it. And so Elizabeth and I started praying about it. And we, I remember vividly, you know, we'd go on walks around the neighborhood like, Lord, what are we going to do? Like, we love it right. here. But... Uh, this could be an opportunity to go back home and right. be around family and raise a family of our own exactly. one day. Yeah. And the more we prayed about it, the more we just kind of felt this releasing of where we were. And, uh, and so that's what happened. We, we yeah. prayed about it and interviewed and got the position and then moved back to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Wow. Yeah. And so then that's a whole long story. I was right. there for three or so years. And you got to do several that you did student ministry. I know even in transitioning uh, right before coming here, you took on a, a heavy worship role as well yeah. um, there, which is, I think, important just to keep remi- keep remembering that that, that's a, that speaks to personality and it speaks to giftedness. Um, and, and as you move into students and, and doing large group of students and, and crafting worship services, having that perspective is a big deal. You know, not only from the like someone who's preaching, someone who's speaking, but knowing like what? What are we trying to do with our worship service here? And um, what do we want to? What, what? How do we want our students to interact in, in yeah, this space? Absolutely, yeah. Worship is a huge passion of mine, and it's it's my language with God. Essentially, I mean, for lack of a better term, like a lot of people, you know, it's really studying Scripture. That's where they find the Lord. For me, right. man, it's grabbing my guitar and or having someone else grab their guitar and right. and sing along with me and yeah. over me and me to get to use my gifts and talents in that right. way as well. So like I said earlier, we went on, we had a long search looking for our student ministry lead. It ends up, it's, it's you, you're 20 minutes away. Um, and we hire you in January, which is like one and a half or two months before we shut everything down. So perfect timing to come in and try and grow a student ministry or get involved in making yeah. relationships with people. Yeah. Perfect um, timing. Perfect timing, sarcastically. <laughs> um, but uh, we don't want 2020 to define things, and we we want to move on from Absolutely. that. And uh, uh, so there were wins in 2020 for student ministry, no doubt. And and a lot of that is just slow relationship building, right? 
we're in 2021 now. This is the next year we're pushing forward. Yeah. What's exciting about student ministry this year? Um, where's your heart at in what do you want for our students? You know, uh, what, what experience, um, you know, what's a healthy student look like, spiritually healthy student, or what, what's excites you about student ministry? Yeah. Man, I think what excites me most right now is actually a rare gift that 2020 gave us that I don't think many people have maybe recognized yet, or I, I don't yeah. know if that's the word. Gift might be a, a hard word to use there, but um, man, I think it showed us how little this world has to offer us. Absolutely. That, I, and I'm preaching to myself here. I told you a perfect weekend for me is getting out and exploring a city, <laughs> getting some good food and right. good coffee. Right. And man, it, I came to this point of realization that this earth, I mean, we know this as Christians, but this earth is fading away, that Absolutely. there is nothing that it can provide us that's going to bring the satisfaction of Christ. Yeah. And so that's what excites me about going forward is our students have been smacked in the face with this truth, this reality that, right. man, all the entertainment things that I would, you know, binge out on, all the things that <laughs> right. you know, I distract yeah. myself with, they uh -huh. were just stripped away, you right. know, all yeah. the culturally fun things, you know, even mm -hmm. things that like are milestone moments that maybe even parents really look forward to are just kind of wiped out. Absolutely. And yeah. it's this reckoning, reckoning of a realization that, man, as Christians, we're not created for those things. Right. And so what excites me moving forward is that now that that foundation has kind of been seen very tangibly, which has been right. hard for an American church. Mm-hmm. Those things have been seen really tangibly. Now it's to build on that foundation of, man, you can have joy no matter the circumstance, no Absolutely. matter what pandemic comes in, because joy is found in Christ, not in the Absolutely. things that we can go do. Amen, yeah. And so yeah. that's really exciting for me moving forward to help students understand that truth, to know right. that, man, these these are formative years, and if you develop habits with Jesus now, they're going to continue throughout your life and set you up for ways. Right. I, I, no doubt. I, I, I'm so glad you're, you're talking about that because I think that that's, first of all, whenever student ministry is mentioned, um, the, the big group is important, right? Like that worship environment, no doubt. Yeah. But like we're trying to build a generation of, of kingdom builders yeah. here, right? Like we're, we're investing in discipling a, a generation of people who we say this all the time can change the world through yeah. Jesus. Right. Absolutely. So, Speak too quickly, um, like the student needs to hear that, but they hear that every week. Yeah. Um, I think a major hurdle we have is how are, how do parents rally mm. around a, mm. a, a temperamental teenager? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I'm sorry if you're a teenager listening to this. Uh, <laughs> maybe you're not temperamental, but you know someone that is. Um, <laughs> but but maybe how, how can you encourage parents um, in this yeah. time coming out of 2020 where there has been so much cultural backlash and mm. and maybe great conversations to open up, but also a revealing of just our sinful desires of, of selfishness and how we think and valuing ourselves over others and and uh, man, I, I can imagine before 2020 being a parenting a teenager was tough, but now culturally, like cultural relevance is, is such a big deal. So how can you encourage a parent of a teen um, into this year? Yeah, that's a great question. Man, it's there's a little bit of a, a, a balance here because I'm not a parent yet of a teenager. I just had my first little girl and so I'm no parenting expert, but 
I am passionate about teenagers right. and them knowing the gospel. And man, I think one of the biggest things that I see that parents would be maybe a little surprised to hear, I don't, I'm not sure, is the pressure that they put on children, their children to achieve, man. Right. Um, of course, yeah. It is heartbreaking to see students walk in our doors who you know, come from high achieving families and, and that's not bad by any means. And the, the balance here is I can totally understand as I look at my little girl, Eleanor, I want the best for her. I want her to go to the best schools. I want her to get the best job, you know, all that stuff. But if that's not tied to a foundation in Jesus, that their identity is built on Christ and Christ alone, it doesn't matter what they achieve. It doesn't matter the successes in the world's eyes that they receive what matters is that they know god and i'll just use our <laughs> yeah, our do it yeah our our, yeah. our uh, church values with that they know god they love people and they live sin right. and so those are the things that matter and right. so to encourage a parent now i've kind of like beat them over the head with the <laughs> a bible and i don't mean to do that right. at all but to encourage you parents man keep loving your kid Keep spending time with them. I yes. know. I can't tell you how many parents I hear from that are like, man, my teenager doesn't want to spend any time with me. They hate my guts. <laughs> right. And that's not true. It's just a right. front. It's a facade that they put on. They want to spend more time with you than you could ever imagine. I agree. And, yes. and yes. so the challenge that you have to have is you've got to dip into their world a little bit. You've got to say, okay, what are their interests? Mm. What are they involved in right now? And one thing that was really cool as a student pastor to see in the pandemic is parents like took over TikTok. Right. Because I think, what, and this is just my my thinking, there's no proof right. to any of this, but I think what <laughs> happened is parents were seeing all their students on TikToks and they're like, what is this thing? What is this thing? Get off right. your freaking phone, stop playing on TikTok. And then they got on and they were like, Hey, you know what? This is kind of fun. Uh-huh. And so yeah. there's parents yeah. with teenagers making TikTok videos and that's a silly example, but that's <laughs> what it takes. It takes that's like right. I think so often as a parent you're so focused on making sure that they become the best person that they can be, which is so important. We tend to think of distractions as distractions. That maybe they've got a little hobby on their phone and you're like, "Man, why are they always on their phone? Get them off their phone." But just like anything, there's pros and cons to whatever it might be. And right. so looking for the good in those things and saying, man, how can I dip into that to see what they enjoy? You know, pick up a controller with your son mm. and try to learn how to play a video game. They're right. going to make fun of you the whole time. you right. got to be prepared for that. <laughs> but it's going right. to show them how much you truly care about their lives. Right. And, so, and it's going to give them a good example of how to check out of those things if that's consuming to them, right? Like, yes. You, there's yes. No, sitting from afar and telling someone what to do has a little influence. Mm, there's a little good. influence there. Yep. But getting in the trench and saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to show you, especially from a parental standpoint, speaks so much more, has so much more volume to it, right? Yes. Um, being that example. So, absolutely. Um, Let's push forward. I'm so looking forward to getting you on here again in the future and talking about student ministry things and diving deeper into some of these topics. So I think if you're listening right now, make sure again you're subscribed because after we go through this whole staff and do this uh, mini series on um, all of our staff members, we're going to be able to dive into uh, better topics in that way. Um, but real quick, if someone's uh, inspired, 
to support student ministry just through listening to this or just they've been thinking about it, God's been moving in their heart. What's a, what's a quick way? What are some, um, some tangible things right now they could maybe jump in on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest thing right now is we are always in need of adults who want to invest in students' lives. Right. And I think oftentimes when we say the word invest, it can mean this like really heavy, like, oh my gosh, it's going to consume all my time. But no, it's as simple as showing up and greeting students. It's right. as simple as hanging out in the East Building big room right. as students come in and getting them pumped about playing Nine Square or playing right. ping pong with them or running a snack shop. It's that mm-hmm. simple. And just week by week, beginning to know names. And right. man, that person knows my name as I walk in the door. Right. And so it's it's as little as that to, yeah, as invested as, man, my vision is to see. I was talking with someone else the other day about, man, what I want to see the student ministry look like in five, 10 years is I would love to just walk in one day and go to get my cup of coffee like right. early one morning just for myself and just see, you know, a, an adult and a student just sitting there with their Bibles open, just talking mm. about the Lord. Right. And that's discipleship. It's right. not this really heavy, like we've got to, yes, church together is an important thing, but man, we've got to get beyond the walls of our church and into our communities. Right. And so that's what I'm passionate about is helping equip adults to learn how to speak the language sure. of students. Right. And then, man, to encourage you as adults, you have no idea how much these students are craving adult That's right. mentorship. That's right. You have no idea. That's how God built it. He, he put it in our hearts. Yep. That's how he made us. And uh, they're absolutely looking forward. Um, Devin, man, I, I super appreciate sitting down with you. And again, I can't wait to get you on in the future. Um, if you want to get in contact with Devin, uh, please do. First of all, send him a note of encouragement. Send a note of encouragement to the team. Uh, you can contact him at devin at gracepointchurch.net. Or you, they can come by on Sundays and check you out in the check uh, the chick-in area. Yeah, come uh, on. In the main entrance usually or somewhere around there. Uh, you'll see them uh, helping people check in, literally check into our church. Yes. And uh, even sometimes on the big stage uh, on Sunday morning. So I say the big as in literally large, not that <laughs> it's the bigger stage or something, but um, and uh, doing some singing, doing some guitar playing, something like that. So um, again, this is the end of the episode uh, for this week. Um, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Make sure to subscribe uh, and get that notification because we're going to have one of these each and every week and uh, be able to dive in a little bit deeper and learn more about the staff that works here at Grace Point Church. So remember, we want to show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live sent.